Oh, hello there. Alright, welcome back. Thank you for choosing the You Thought Podcast. Today we have three very educated sports minds, and I'll let you figure out who the outcast is. Uh, we have a jam-packed episode full of NFL and NBA news, and we're going to start off some, some short stories that maybe we didn't get enough time to discuss during this podcast. Uh, baseball legend Hank Aaron passed away. I believe he was 86 years old. Played 23 seasons in the MLB through 54 to 76. He uh, has 755 career home runs, and he broke Babe Ruth's longstanding MLB record. He was a very important figure in baseball and in a lot of civil rights stuff. He was a very big part of African African Americans' breakthrough in sports. Uh, today, also as of recording, is the one-year anniversary of Kobe and uh, Gianna Bryant's death. Um, terrible news, still. So really, a hard pill to swallow. But <clears throat> today would be mark would mark the one year of that. We also have a, a new. We have the official Super Bowl matchup set. Tampa Bay beat. Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Matthew Stafford and the Lions have agreed to part ways. No official deal. Talk more about that on the show. Nick Saban has brought in Bill O'Brien and Doug Monroe, former Jaguars head coach, to the Saban Coach Rehabilitation <laughs> yeah. Center. Excuse me. I mean the Alabama coaching staff. D- Doug Marone or? Doug Monroe from the, the Jaguars old head coach. Oh, okay. Marone. He's their offensive line yeah. coach now. Wow. Interesting. Mm. How the yeah, Bill O'Brien is no shock. Yeah, that's like a typical Saban <laughs> yeah. OC right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be the head coach of like uh, Washington. Ole Miss, yeah. In like oh, three years. Yeah. 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 Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> Take Lane Kiffin's job. Exactly. He's yeah. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's not sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to open up with a people's court. We have a couple controversial topics here on hand. Starting off, People's Court number one, part one. For the first time in Philip Rivers' career, he is pulling out. He decided that he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you want me to start that over now? No, you can keep going. I think that's fair. Game. I'll, I'll start it over real quick. For the first time in Philip Rivers' life, he's pulling out. He decided that coaching high school football would be more fun than playing in the NFL. After 17 years, he finished fo- fifth in both all-time passing yards and all-time passing touchdowns, but his career has been quite divisive, having never won a Super Bowl. So I ask, Jared, is Philip Rivers a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, Aiden is doing the opening <laughs> statement, but... <laughs> I feel Aiden, disrespected. If, I'm obviously Aiden, the lead attorney, so Jared's <laughs> just my paralegal. He's just kind of exactly. here, learning the system, but... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, Philip Rivers is, I don't think this is a controversial subject. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, okay? There are, there have been 14 QBs throughout history who have been first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, it's like, I don't know, like one more than Philip Rivers has kids. Um, but, <laughs> like, of those 14 QBs, only Brett Favre has more passing yards. Only Brett Favre has more TDs. And Favre also threw, like, 130 more interceptions. Only Steve Young had a better passer rating. None of them had a better completion percentage. Only Dan Marino and John Elway had more wins. He deserves it, given given who else has made it. Without a doubt, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And his knock is always going to be the playoff stats. His playoff stats aren't that bad. He went 5-7. and seven. It's not like he never won playoff games. And he often didn't have the most help. The, the Chargers had one top five defense in terms of like yards allowed during his tenure 
he had Ladanian for a little. Antonio Gates was good, yes, but he never really had an amazing receiver. Like name a like elite receiver that Philip Rivers had. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of active players, the only guys who are statistically better are Brady, Manning, Breeze, Rogers, who I think are all first ballot Hall of Famers. So I rest my case, Your Honor. He deserves it. Does the prosecution have anything? Plenty. I uh, run, Bart, run. No, I mean, it, yeah, okay, I'm not like that lively about it, but yeah, I, I would say this is definitely more um, debatable. Um, so, okay, you mentioned his playoff record. I'd like to delve a little bit more deeply into that, specifically no, Wyatt mentioned this. Uh, he never won a Super Bowl. Uh, not only did he never win one, he never actually even played in one. He only played in one conference championship, and he lost that. So it's there's a question, I think, of how much Super Bowl rings are, are valued, and I think you should definitely not pass over the fact that he doesn't even have a Super Bowl appearance, for one thing. Second of all, yes, his career total stats are excellent, um, but I think you have to account for the fact that he's playing in a passing era, and everybody's numbers in this era are going to be super inflated relative to older people. So, like, one thing I noticed, you mentioned his passing yards, Aiden. Um, he passed Dan Marino in passing yards. He's ahead of Elway, Warren Moon, Fran Tarkenton, a, like a ton of like classic, um, you know, goat type quarterbacks. And you're telling me that Philip Rivers is better than any of them? I don't think he belongs even in the same conversation. Uh, like, and then lastly, like you were talking about the other guys that are playing in his era right now, like the Breeze, the Bradys, the Mannings. Um, so one stat that I would like to mention is that there have been three quarterbacks inducted into the Hall of Fame since 2006 insanely and so i think like if, if you're gonna start putting quarterbacks in again kind of like breaking that trend it shouldn't be the philip rivers of the world it should be the other what? guys in, in his class who have been like standouts breeze brady manning those guys guys who have actually won super bowls who have won mvps well breeze hasn't but that's beside the point who have just been overall <laughs> dominant breeze's numbers speak for themselves that's a separate discussion we'll get there well, so do I just think, no philip rivers numbers aren't quite as good and he's, he's never owned the era he's never been like at the top of the class like other guys in in these years which i think is is the biggest thing like nobody thinks about these years of football and says philip rivers that was the guy his peak was pretty good but, but that's it wasn't, a... i don't think it was hall of fame worthy. order yeah <laughs> to be a hall of famer Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. As a defendant, you have the floor. Is that us or who's the defendant? Yeah. You you're you're for Philip Rivers. You so we're defend we're the defendants. You're defending Philip Rivers. Yeah. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Go go. For okay. It. Well, <laughs> let me let me. In terms of you don't think of Philip Rivers as a Hall of Fame guy or whatever is like a leader of the era. That's just market. That's just a marketing campaign. The Chargers were a dysfunctional organization for a lot of time. He was there, and the, and playing on the west coast you don't get as much press like i'm sorry let's look at some no let's look at some other he has eight pro in terms of how he compares to his peers eight pro bowls uh, if you look at eli manning and big ben who are considered locked for the hall of fame right a lot of people say they're going to be first ballots rivers has better numbers than both of them more completions and touchdown passes than both of them higher qbr than both of them and more wins than manning i don't know i i think in terms of how he stacks up to his, his peers he's right up there I just, I really disagree to draw back to our side is that I think a lot of what the Hall of Fame is is more intangible than stats-based. Like, the Hall of Fame is meant to enshrine the most iconic, the most important players, and you can't put Philip Rivers in that conversation by any stretch of the imagination for a few reasons. Jared, you said it yourself. The Hall of Fame is sometimes about telling the story of the NFL, and can you tell the story of the NFL without Philip Rivers? 
absolutely, absolutely 100% yes. Absolutely yes. Absolutely <laughs> the fact that he never showed up even in a Super Bowl is like, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the story of the NFL would be no different. And again, at no point in his career, and I'm going to be very conservative with this estimate, was he one of the top two quarterbacks in football. There's no way you can be a first ballot Hall of Famer if you are not one of the top two quarterbacks in football. And again, that's putting it conservatively. I would put it more likely at no point in his career was he like a top four quarterback in the NFL. That's not true at all. That's not true. He's got he's got an MVP votes. Okay, so a lot of people. Like. <laughs> Russell Wilson has it. Russell Wilson has it. Every time. <laughs> no, but I, his peak was like what two, three years I think where he was really up there. I don't know that that's good enough. I think like oh eight yeah. to oh ten were oh ten were his best years. Right, <laughs> that's when he probably had an argument. But it's not like he's consistently been. Decent to very good, but is that should that be good enough to make it into the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Yeah, and especially fifth all time decent. Yeah, really. Okay, solid. The the biggest thing going for him is his longevity, right? He's played so long, that's why his numbers. But he's been consistently good this whole time. Exactly. Not consistently elite, but but we're not talking about just stats that are like cumulative. We're talking about passer rating, other stuff that's not like just like will add up. Like, Here's another one too. Uh, yeah, since he right. became a start, since he became a starter in 2006, he's thrown for more yards than ever, any QB, other than Drew Brees. So he's thrown more yards than Tom Brady, for example, more than Big Ben, more than Eli. But is anybody going to say he's a better quarterback than Tom Brady? No. Like, but we're at not some here point, to fight that argument. He, <laughs> no, but yeah, to some level we are. All time. No, no, no. Tom to Brady's some the level you. All time. Yes, but to some level you are fighting that argument because if you say Why? that, oh well, no, because if you say that Tom, he's. Like, Tom Brady has worse stats than him, but is a better quarterback. Then this argument isn't purely about stats. And what it brings it back to, then, is that this argument is about something bigger than that, something intangible. Because nobody <laughs> will argue that Tom Brady is a worse quarterback than Philip Rivers. But if you look at the stats, you could make that argument. And so Philip Rivers, <laughs> no, again... you can't, though. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Tom Brady is better than every quarterback. <laughs> let, let, let him finish. Let him finish. That was one okay. stat. <laughs> no, no. Yes, but from 2006 on, he fails certain statistical categories. <laughs> In ways that, like some of his competitors, don't like Philip Rivers has better stats than Tom Brady since coming to the league. That one stat you offered, it's about more than that. And by the definition of Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer, he doesn't meet the sort of greater importance of football criteria, even if his stats are impressive. But like Bart said, it's just one more testament to his one his longevity and two the way the game is played at this point. You put John Elway in Philip Rivers' situation, I guarantee you he has better numbers. Okay. Gavel sound effect. <clears throat> it took the Hall of Fame committee 13 seconds to decide whether Peyton Manning was a first ballot Hall of Famer or not. It take me less time to figure, make a decision on this. I'm going to go with the prosecutor, Lucas and Bart, in this decision. I actually think Bart's opening statement really swayed me the other way. And then, of course, Lucas capped it off by saying that you could tell the story of the NFL without Phillip Rivers. Absolutely, 100%. Round of applause for the prosecutor, Lucas and Bart. Very well done. Uh, We're going to shuffle uh, the tables a little bit. I, I fed, hold on, for the record, I fed Lucas that, that line in the headlines document about telling okay. the story of the league. So run away, it's <laughs> <laughs> Copying is the most important form of flattery, or whatever right. the, yeah, the yeah, quote yeah. is. So, like, yeah. We're going to shuffle By the, the way, one more thing, bit. too. Oh, at, my gosh. One, more, one more thing. thing. You pace, lost. At this pace, Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins are Hall of Fame QBs if we well, think Philip Rivers is. Just saying. To be honest, everybody. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's already off the... In terms of passing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Some passing yards did not... 
Nah, That's what you're saying. Anyway. This era changes everything. If they start putting in quarterbacks like that in, I think it's just like a shift in Hall of Fame mentality. Every, every, you, don't think, you don't think Philip Rivers should get in at all? I think he's definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. But like, at all? Really? I don't think he should get in at all, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if Eli Manning should get in with his two Super Bowl rings. Same. I, no. I, like, well, Eli Manning's stats are, like, he's not, yeah. Yeah, but like, he, he, he actually like, has defined the, the era in a way. Here's the thing about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. With, you just have to be that, better than the worst guy in the like, Hall of Fame. But you shouldn't get in the Hall yeah. of Fame for like two games or two playoff runs that weren't entirely you know, he put a long but, career but, with a lot of passing yards and then he also has two Super Bowls. Yeah, hey, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we have another guy on the docket. We're going to shuffle the tables, switch the teams around a little bit. Uh, we have another guy we're going to be talking about, Drew Brees, who is without a doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's decorated the rule book in his 20 years in the NFL. It's likely that the star quarterback will retire, although it's not official. So we're going to speculate on where he falls in hierarchy. To the defendant, Barton Jared, is Drew Brees a top five quarterback of all time? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think this (laughs) this one's really easy for me. It's just show me a stat where he doesn't rank top five, an important stat. And career-wise, touchdowns second, passing yards first, completion percentage second, career wins fourth, passer rating fifth. So everybody wants to say, oh, you're just looking at the volume stats, but completion percentage and passer rating, he is one of the most efficient in the, in the, uh, in the history of the league. And now let's look at how he compared to his peers. 13 Pro Bowl appearances. He has the same amount of all pro teams as Tom Brady, who everybody thinks is the GOAT. And, okay, and, and this is another thing. These people are going to say he's never won an MVP, but he's been the AP NFL Offensive Player of the Year twice. Somehow didn't win MVP those years. I have no idea how that happened. Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers uh, beat him out for the MVP. I guess the AP just decided to split the vote for some reason. Um, so if all I'm saying is whether it was efficiency or volume, he's top five in everything. The guys he's fighting with, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees has one, for example. I think he's easily up there with... There's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, and then you easily put either Drew Drew Brees and then either like John Elway or Johnny Unitas. I think it's very easy. I rest my case, Your Honor. Jared, what do you know? What number Philip Rivers ranks all time in uh, passer rating? I have no idea. It's six. He's- yeah, all of the, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if we're going by just purely the efficiency, no, we're not. Numbers, we're going by one stat. Are you kidding <laughs> no, me? For this all of those stupid. stats, oh, these, this like, needs to be stricken from the record. <laughs> your honor. Wait, I just want to say anything that we said last time doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, will not be viewed independently. <laughs> all right, prosecutors, you have the floor. I'll take it. Um, yes. Absolutely not. He is a top five quarterback of all time. First, let me throw out the argument, what I just mentioned, that if you're going on the efficiency stats, he's only he's not top five all time in passer rating. But my most important part is, number one, a lack of titles. He does not measure up to the best. If you put up Elway has more titles, both Mannings, Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, Aikman, all of more titles. Ultimately, the role of the quarterback is to be the leader of the team, and winning games in Super Bowls is a huge, huge part of it. You cannot be a top five quarterback all time if you have the same number of Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer. You just cannot. Second, a lot will be made of his numbers, and we talked about this last time, but his numbers alone probably qualify him as at least a top 15, more likely top 10 quarterback of all time. But those numbers need to be put in some context. 
He was in an offense that for lots and lots of years almost exclusively threw the ball as its main form of offense. And two, the game is a lot different than it used to be. I used this argument last time, but if you put Elway, Montana, Johnny Unitas in any of those offenses, he pr- they probably have just as good, if not better, stats. Overall, though, the only thing you need to do to be excluded from being a top five quarterback of all time or is to have five quarterbacks who are better than you in NFL history. And there are five quarterbacks who are better than him in NFL history. Give me Joe Montana. Give me Tom Brady. Give me Peyton Manning. Give me John Elway. Give me your pick of Dan Marino, Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach. I think we have a recency bias in picking here, especially when recent stats have been super inflated compared to how the game used to be played. All right. I, I have a number of responses. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me just dive right in. Okay, so first of all, I want to mention that this guy mentioned Eli Manning. In the, yeah. in the same vein as Peyton Manning, somehow. Okay. <laughs> Quarterback wins are not a stat. And in that same vein, again, disregarding what I said about Philip Rivers, I don't think the fact that he only has one Super Bowl ring is that big of an indictment because he can't carry, you know, subpar rosters to the Super Bowl every year. So, I, <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, but I also wanted to touch on, you talked a lot about, Lucas, about the inflated stats thing, okay? But then why did he lead the league in passing yards seven times? A record. Why weren't other quarterbacks leading the league in passing yards that time? Why does he have almost half of all 5,000 yard seasons? Super Bowls, yeah. He's got five of all 11 5,000 yard seasons. He's, he's got, yeah, he's got four of the six best passing yard seasons ever. Why haven't other quarterbacks in this era been doing it instead? At some point, I don't see, I don't think you can put him above guys like Elway. I don't think anybody in their right mind says Elway was a better quarterback than Drew Brees just because he won more Super Bowls. As a pure passer, Drew Brees is more accurate. He has put up better numbers over his career. And he just is, yeah, I think he is clearly a, a quarterback that you would rather be starting a, a team with if you could over guys yeah, and- like that that you mentioned. One more thing to add too is Lucas. You said he was in an offense where they almost exclusively ran the or passed the ball. Who cares? They were winning games. They couldn't stop it. That's why they did it. So I don't hold that against them either. Y'all, they seemed to stop it once you know they got to the the games that counted. You know, it's I been mean, 10 it, years winning winning a Super Bowl winning a Super Bowl thing. is hard. <laughs> That's the point of the Hall of Fame. Is you're, it's supposed to celebrate hard, isn't it? Yeah. Or oh, we're not having that argument anymore. Well, you, you <laughs> That's the point of the top five. Isn't Leading it? the league in passing yards seven times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What does that matter <laughs> if <laughs> if it doesn't? It does end up in matter ranks. because it's an in, the Hall of Fame is an individual award. We're not going to win on we're the we're best team. About, we're talking about we're, top, we're talking about top five. Okay. All right. Peyton Manning only won two Super Bowls. Is that so much better? And he won a bunch of MVPs. His okay, second but... in his second Super Bowl, he had nothing to do with. He exactly, had a terrible, he, he was... had zero touchdowns and one pick. His defense carried him. Peyton Manning is crowned as like the best regular season quarterback ever. I think Drew Brees is right up there. And then it's why why do playoff stats matter all that much in this case when his other numbers what? have clearly been so elite? Because we're talking about top five. We're talking about the elite of the elite. Yeah, but I mean, and how like you're obviously not putting him above Brady and Peyton Manning. I think Aaron Rodgers has honestly an argument to be above him at this point. They have the no, same number no of Super way. Bowls. Yes, they do. They have the same number of Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers has two MVPs, and he's still going. And his efficiency stats are definitely better. Like that's for no, sure. Not. And are we going to put more? And best, how many? He's the how best many recent quarterbacks are we going to? So they're not better. I don't know about, what you're talking we're about. We're talking about cumulative, like the like passer rating, such not single like. Completion yeah, percentage. Cumulative thing. completion percentage. Derby's is the best ever. No, it didn't Deshaun Watson's not. I'm talking, talking about things either. that take into account multiple stats because we can throw like out what? stats that mean anything. Passer rating, QBR, what have you. Aaron Rodgers is better in those. It has been. And how many top five? How many like 
of recent 15, like last 15 year quarterbacks that we're going to put in our top five without it sounding 100% like recency bias. Because you can't like, are we going to put more than three of our five are going to be going to yes, be modern Cubies guys? Are better. Cubies are better nowadays. No, it's, no, it's Cubies just, like just Cubi- do more. They're better. Like, it's like, it's okay, more so of a QB driven league. That doesn't mean that they're better. Why does Drew Brees have the three best completion percentage seasons ever? We just talked about completion percentage is no, no, not what like, I'm talking about. The, 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 point, the point is that like other quarterbacks in the past clearly were not as good at throwing the ball if they couldn't That's, complete as many passes. Yes. It's, that could be 100% due to the offense. Like this is not a in ice. You think it just okay, happened but, that in the last 20 years like we started getting these like incredible quarterbacks who could complete passes and the other ones couldn't? No, yes. it's the development of the league and which <laughs> yeah. direction the league has taken. I it's absolutely believe quarterback the quarterbacks have gotten league. more talented over the yes, years. Yes, absolutely they have. So you're just going to throw out everything that happened before 2005. We're not throwing it no. out. He's better at the people that did it before 2005. What are we talking about? I mean, about? it's impossible to compare arrows. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I know. But, I mean, well, okay, I, I, okay, it's an impossible question. If that, if that's it, the it, way we wanna... it does well, that's sound the like question we... that what is, the, like, we're comparing, we're talking about the top five of all time. We have to compare arrows. That's I part mean, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like we've reached the end of our argument here that we've all kind of ran out of breath a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of really compelling cases. You guys had me. You guys both lost me at some point. Uh, I think I'm going to give Bart his second win of the day, though. Stop. And I'm going to go yes. with the mm-hmm. defendant for, I think, Drew Brees, the top five quarterback of all time. Very short list. He's number five. And they haven't quite chiseled his face all the way in Mount Rushmore. Patrick Mahomes is halfway in there already so <laughs> mm-hmm. drew Brees is on the short list of top five ranked quarterbacks of all time assuming no quarterback plays again for the rest of the of nfl history <laughs> i'll stay up there yeah. <laughs> all right we're gonna move on no more people's court an actual discussion tom brady and the buccaneers bad news brady tom brady and the buccaneers beat aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers in the annual beating of the packers in the nfc championship they won 31 to 26 Rodgers threw for 326 yards three touchdowns and one interception we're going to bring in our resident aaron Rodgers hater bart oh, yeah. does this loss in the <laughs> nfc championship leave a stain in aaron Rodgers' legacy so the the hater label is like slowly becoming a, a fan label i would say i feel like i've been higher on him recently i'm gonna say i think it will leave a stain on his legacy but i don't think it should if that makes sense i think people are just going to start putting stock into his his conference championship games um even though they shouldn't like i mean like okay so if you think about it, who had the better game in this game brady or rogers surely you would just say it's rogers right like uh he didn't throw three picks he didn't, you know, he didn't cause like the Scotty Miller, Miller gaffe that gave up a touchdown at the end of the first half. I think if, if you flip the rosters, surely Rodgers would have won like 10 out of 10 games, I think, with this Bucks roster against Brady on the Packers roster. So I think like overall you shouldn't. Yeah, I think the, the quarterback wins as a playoff stat again are, are not the most reliable indicator, I think. And I've talked about this before. I just feel like. Rodgers' numbers speak for himself, and I think that is going to be the main thing that his legacy can rely on. I mean, yeah, he was 1-4 in, in conference championships now, but like in two of the losses, he was probably, you know, at least partly to blame, but in two of them, he was terrific, and it wasn't really his fault. I'm counting this as one of those. So, like, yeah, I just think people will, will knock the fact that he didn't make another Super Bowl if, if he doesn't make another one, but like at the end of the day, I think you have to account for the fact that his numbers personally are still usually very good. And he's still usually not the reason that his team is losing. 
Um, this is like a prime example of that. And I, I mentioned this earlier in the debate as well. Like Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl when he barely put up any any like relevant stats. Um, Brady won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against the Rams. Again, that was like the literally the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever, not thanks to him at all. So I think you have to try to like separate the results of your team and the results of the quarterback specifically. I think, um, yeah, I think people should just bear Rogers' personal success in mind when thinking about his legacy. I 100% agree on that the game itself shouldn't stay in his legacy, but I think his like reactions afterwards kind of do. Where he, he didn't like accept any blame. Like, yes, he had the three touchdowns and one pick, but like at the end of the game, he should have <laughs> ran for that completely wide open grass. Maybe would have gotten a touchdown, but at least five mm-hmm. yards. And his explanation was like, I thought I was going to get one more play. So why does that like exclude you from running to the end zone <laughs> that you think you're going to get one more play? It doesn't really make sense. Everybody, I think you can give Rodgers, like, some leeway because he had Mike McCarthy for two of those losses, <laughs> am I correct? And, now, and like, he's made two in a row with LaFleur. I think they're – this whole thing, by the way, that Aaron Rodgers might leave by Green Bay is so ridiculous. He has a bunch of talent on Green Bay. If they, dra- if they actually, like, actually, like, draft wide receivers and everything, they'll be so much better. Anyway – I think losing to this best or second best team four times is not shouldn't be a stain on your legacy, in my opinion. Interesting fact: mm-hmm. every team that pack uh, that has beaten Rodgers in the conference championship has lost the Super Bowl. So, uh, so the does not bode well for the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, Aiden. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really. It shouldn't, like Bart said, but I do think it just gets into a narrative at some point of, like, oh, yeah. right or not that he can't win the big game. And I I don't really agree with it because, like, has been mentioned before, like, the stats speak for themselves. But it is <clears throat> frustrating in a lot of ways to see, like, someone who is a generational talent just consistently have to come up short, whether it's sometimes by his own fault and sometimes by the fault of his team, or, team around him. Yeah. And... Like, again, this one isn't entirely his fault. There were some mistakes in not running for it at the end. But it is, I think one thing that'll add to the sort of negative sort of discussion around it is the fact that you can't even necessarily blame coaching on it at this point. Like, you could attribute past failures to Mike McCarthy previously, I feel like, in a way that you can't as much with LaFleur, who I think is very clearly a, a better coach, a better tactician. And he made mistakes in this game, like we mentioned, going for it on that, not going for it on the fourth down at the end. But will it? Yes. Should it? I'm more dubious on that. But I could be convinced if it continues to be a trend. Yeah. Even even further of a trend at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not. I don't view it as much of like a stain because, as y'all have mentioned, it wasn't really like it wasn't much to do with Aaron Rodgers or like not that much. And I mean. He brought the a team with the seventeenth best defense in the in the NFL, like so close to making the Super Bowl. Um, mm. But I do think it stops him from it continues to stop him from entering into the, like the like um, like Peyton Manning discussion or like and en- entering those like upper echelon of QB stuff. And I know that like I don't know if that's fair because I mean as as was mentioned, Peyton Manning only has one more Super Bowl and such. But I feel like he doesn't get the respect that the Brady, like, Brady and Manning get. And I think the fact that he is not, again, in the Super Bowl is going to keep preventing him from being, like, in that discussion. I agree. And here's the thing is I don't think that this game 
was on Aaron Rodgers to like Aaron Rodgers' fault on why they lost mm-hmm. completely. Other than the one where they could have he could have ran it on third down. I don't think that the field goal cost them the game. I think the two biggest plays of the game that cost the Packers the win was a Scotty Miller touchdown right before the half mm-hmm. and the big Aaron Jones fumble. And those are the two big plays that Aaron Rodgers has nothing to do with. But but the fact of the matter is is that Aaron Rodgers just has lost several NFC Championship games. And it's a stand on his legacy and the fact that the bar for Aaron Rodgers was so high. He was one of like the greatest throwers of the football Everyone right now is saying that he was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. Like he was this electric quarterback coming out. He replaced Brett Favre, who's without you know obviously a Hall of Famer. Like and he replaced him really well. Like he he lit the league on fire. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl in his entire career, whether it be fair on his team or not, um, or uh, you know on whether the team put pieces around him or not, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't exactly put together the strongest resume postseason wise when it comes to putting them in the top five. Is he a top 10 quarterback mm-hmm. race off of regular season stats? Probably. But is he a top five quarterback, especially when you play Tom Brady, the goat in the, uh, the NFC championship game. Like there are moments in his career where he could have maybe just knocked off some of these guys, especially Tom Brady right now that might have kept him alive in the top five conversation, you know? These aren't Super Bowl losses. These are losses in the conference championship. But what's the, what's like the difference between a loss in the conference championship and losing in the wild card round, right? Every, or, or not even making the playoffs at all. Like if you count that, then people's records are, are almost all losing records, right? Did you win the last game of the season? Like most of the most for most people, it's no, right? I just think like winning a Super Bowl is just people just don't get how hard it is because of because of like Michael Jordan, LeBron. Tom Brady, everybody looks at it like, dude, a star. If you're a star, you should be winning like five championships or whatever. But it's just so hard to do. There's just so many other sure, great players right. that you're playing against. And, and like, so, I mean, if you look at any other player, did they win the last game of the season? Other than Tom Brady, they have a, they have a terrible record. Anybody does. And I don't care if it's in the Super Bowl or in the AFC championship or your team just didn't make it at all. Right. I don't really care. Right, I mean, you can't like comparing him to Tom Brady is like apples to oranges. Like, you're he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's has like a fifty percent chance of making the Super Bowl now at this point. I think he's ten Super Bowls in twenty years, right? Uh, But let's compare him to Patrick Mahomes, who Patrick Mahomes now is going to his second Super Bowl, while Aaron Rodgers has only ever been to one. Like that just feels like that's just a huge, uh, you know, mark. Uh, Mahomes is kind of like in a league of its own, though. He was, but I mean, let's not act like Aaron Rodgers wasn't that in the, his current quarterback era when he when he had first started in the league. Yeah, he was he lit the league on fire just the same way that Patrick Mahomes did. So then, I mean, that kind of suggests that it's like the rest of the team letting him down, right? If just, Aaron Rodgers had had Andy Reid plus Tyreek Hill plus Travis Kelsey to start with, I'm sure he would have made two Super Bowls by now. Yeah. Sure, maybe. But, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, what I'm saying is is that we're going to look at his record. We're going to look at all this other, his Super Bowl wins, all that other stuff, and we're going to compare him to other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and just be like, well, he just didn't get it done. So, I mean, as far as his legacy talk, when you look at it in a nutshell, Aaron Rodgers just isn't going to be a top five guy anymore. Top eight? Probably. Top five? No. I'd be fine with that if I were Aaron Rodgers, though. That's pretty. That's pretty darn good. Not when you're expect, expected to be top one, but anyway, are, are you on. expected to be? 
Yeah, he was. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your kneecaps. Because a lot of head coaches got hired, including Lions, uh, the high, who hired Dan Campbell, who had very a very interesting press conference about biting off kneecaps. The Chargers hired Brandon Staley. Uh, Arthur Smith got the job for the Falcons, and Nick Sirianni got the job in Philadelphia. Aiden, I ask you, which new head coach out of those I listed has the highest chance to succeed? Um, yeah, not not Dan Campbell, uh, <laughs> despite the fact. Yeah, I'm, we'll see if everyone else is too scared to play him now, and we'll just join him. Maybe maybe he'll end up okay. But he's essentially now, seems like just a tight ends coach, right? Is what he's been historically. Yeah, he coach, was the so. assistant head coach to Sean Payton. And yeah. What does assistant head coach do? This is another <laughs> conversation, like but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> holds there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but honestly, I think Arthur Smith was a, a really good hire. I think that like he made the Titans' offense like really good. And obviously, they have Derrick Henry, but their like passing offense was also really good. Um, and again, no, like maybe Ryan Tannehill just like really did have like a just kind of took flight, but. The Titans averaged like the fourth most adjusted yards per pass play last year in the NFL, which is pretty crazy given that, you know, Tannehill is not really known as like a, as an elite QB. Um, so I think hiring someone who's kind of overachieved with their offense to an extent for a team that is like definitely underachieved given like the offensive talent that they have, like Matt Ryan is still, I think like a, a good above average QB. They have Julio Jones. Like I think, their offense could be pretty good, and it has consistently just not been what it could be. Um, so I think Arthur Smith will be cool on that. Um, so I'm, I'm most intrigued by him. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think Arthur Smith is a really good fit in that I he seemed to be the hottest commodity out there this year, and it seemed like for a lot of good reasons. I think he seems the most like well-prepared, well-groomed and has the best experience to just sort of like slot into a situation, which isn't completely devoid of like potential and opportunity in the way that maybe the jets are or someone like that. So I think in, in sort of the combination of fit and skill, it works out. Like I know the, the Falcons aren't a great situation. They have a lot of old guys with like huge contracts, but mm-hmm. I think there's enough there to get the last, a, a few good years out of a few guys. And I think Arthur Smith is well qualified to do that. So, do you guys think that he has a better chance to succeed than the Chargers guy, Brandon Staley? Yeah, yeah I'm Brandon not huge on him. Oh, I'm really? kind of, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by Brandon Staley, but I feel like he's kind of an unknown. I mean, he led the the Rams like kind of suffocating D rate, um, but. I mean, he was coaching at he's coaching defense at a D three school like four years ago, which is a pretty wild rise. <laughs> um, so I yeah. feel like he's like a quest, like he could be rising star, like next, you know, young coach oh, yeah. with hype. But um, I feel like I don't know enough yet to be sure. I think it's easily him just because he has Justin Herbert, to be honest. Like for all the praise Matt Ryan gets, he he likes not, he doesn't score that much. To be honest, he didn't last year. He had a plenty of games where he had no Ryan. touchdowns. He's just not as good as everybody thinks he is. He doesn't score as much as... as I mean, that he's part of the... You could argue he's part of the reason why they lost a lot of games anyway. Yeah, you could argue, liked though, him. that Herbert also is a bit overrated. But no, I agree. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I, no, I mean, like, Anthony Lynn just didn't have a lot of success with Justin Herbert either. Like, it's not like Justin Herbert was instantly yeah, going to yeah, convert fair. to wins, you know? Yeah. No. 
No, but I still like the Chargers overall, just because I feel like that mm-hmm. that roster, like top to bottom, is is like yeah. the most up, to, like most promising of these. And just yeah, I mean, like I know I know he had like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on defense, which is like a hack. So that's obviously a big part of it. But uh, surely, what the Chargers need more help with, yeah. like moving forward, well, is defense, right, over offense, given how much talent they have right. on offense. So I think it's a really good yeah. fit in that sense. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, he, I totally. Oh. I was just going to chime in real quick on the Aaron Donald thing. It's not like he's going that far of a departure because he still has Joey Bosa and he's going to have Derwin right. James as far as, you know, yeah. secondary goes when it comes to players yeah. that he will have at his fingertips. Yeah. But you yeah. can finish with that part. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, I totally understand the um, Arthur Smith choice too, though. I think, yeah. If Matt Ryan perhaps has like a late 30s renaissance, that would be great for the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe the, uh, NF- the NFC needs more, like more exciting quarterbacks. I think. Just I think they're all in the AFC in general, right now. Yeah. They yeah, could do yeah. some shuffling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there could Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Deshaun like Watson. Which, by the way, I didn't report it at the beginning, but Deshaun Watson is reported that he might just want out regardless of who they hire. So expect <laughs> him to be on the move. Um, well, I, I want to ask about the Philadelphia job, Lucas. I'm obviously going to throw this to you. You're already yeah. shaking your head. I can see in the zoom. <laughs> <No. around. laughs> what do you think it's, about it? I think he's gonna fail. It, it's just such a like a weird hire. Like he was on no one's radar. He's like the Colts' offense was good, but not like exceptionally good. I think based on what I've read, the logic is is that he's part of the Doug Peterson tree by like extension, and that like Frank Reich was a coach on the Super Bowl team, and then went to the Colts, and then right. Sirianni was his offensive coordinator, the and like. Family extended family but like what what's the point in hiring like doug peterson's coaching grandson if like you could still have doug peterson and like sirianni has no seeming like outstanding redeeming qualities i mean like i mean the colts offense was good let's not like i'm not gonna completely tear it down but he was it was not exceptionally good to the point where i feel like he deserved a head coaching position or promotion at this point. He doesn't seem to be a great tactician either. Like, it's just like, I don't really get it. Like, other than it's like, you're trying to create some sense of continuity with what has happened before I, and hoping that fix wins, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's obvious that it's it's a wins connection thing that they want to mm-hmm. hopefully bring in just a little bit, you know, of what they had before, and maybe he'll it'll start a fire, and Wentz will become this quarterback that he was, he was or was always supposed to be, kind of thing. And then I heard another theory that he was just the guy that was easiest to control, so that Howie Roseman, um, and Jeffrey Larry will have like full control of him and be able to just say whatever they want, and he can he'll just be like, okay, yeah, sure, because I'll have no say over personnel. Yeah. I know Josh McDaniels is connected to the job, and that was some sort of deal breaker whatsoever. But I think overall with all the coaching hires is that a lot of these feel out of left field entirely. Like none of these coaches seem like they were highly on anyone's radar. Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy both um, didn't get any coaching hires. And I think that they're both going to withdraw from the Houston job, which is open right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we'll really, we'll, we'll see. I don't have, I don't have a take per se about which court, which person's going to be, be the best here. Yeah. I'm going to just say Dan Campbell, just, just to pick the odd man out here and then maybe they'll they'll spark something there the interesting thing about dan campbell for me though is like what did he say in the interview that was like so good that he put him a bunch ahead of ahead of everybody else interviewed for the job yeah you know 
That's a but good question. That's my question. It was the kneecaps thing. Yeah. He might have. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second time using it. Yeah. His <laughs> lines organization is starting to get weirded out because he's like obsessed with kneecaps. Thought that was a one-time thing. But okay. okay. <laughs> it's a theme. I, you know, I hope I hope he does well. I, I don't know. I do too. Yeah. From any yeah. Same. Same. Me too. Um, It'll As be a good. Fan, I don't. Actually good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. might. Be I mean, he has passion. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's step he, one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I didn't keep track of any of the other contracts. I do know that Dan Campbell got a six-year deal, which is very interesting. Wait, really? that's crazy. Yeah. That's so many years. Yeah. Uh, what do you, we can we can book it now? In six years, we'll come back to it. Do you guys think he'll finish out his contract? No, no. There's no, no but I wouldn't bet on honestly on most people to yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. new yeah. coaches True. to fill out a six-year contract. Yeah. Check it, uh, audience. Go ahead and check back here in six years, and uh, please do. Yeah. We'll keep track of all that. <laughs> yeah. So, Jared, I'm gonna have you go down and give us our current standings of our playoff predictions that we've made so far. This is the last week uh, before the Super Bowl, and I'll have you just give us tell us who's in charge, tell us who lost. Yeah. So in fifth place, we still have Bart at seven and five. <laughs> but I he could tie me for last mm. as I'm fourth at eight and four. How'd that happen? I'm eight and four. Uh, third, Aiden was the only one to pick the Super Bowl matchup correctly from this weekend, so he's nine and three now. Can we and, do weighted? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then tied tied for first are Wyatt and Lucas, both at ten and two. Woo. So the Super Bowl will wow. be the tiebreaker. Which Lucas will be could be eleven and one. He missed the gimme. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. I even argued the, the Chiefs, Rams. Yeah, the Chiefs still. game. Yeah. Yeah. No, did I he was, pick the Rams? I was feeling bold. No. No, he picked the Bills. And oh, the I did pick the Rams, game. and I did pick the Bills. Those are my two losses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're trying to get a little too. Both old. of which. You know, yeah. all of my losses are Tom Brady. They're both. They're <laughs> Never both, bet against Brady. Yeah. yeah Why? And I told losses. you, you should not ever doubt Tom Brady, and except in the next round where I will doubt Tom well, Brady because we will see. Don't hold your breath because we're not actually going to make our predictions this week because uh, we're going to wait until the Super Bowl gets a little closer. I am going to throw this out here now, Lucas. We will probably, most likely, pick the same team to win the Super Bowl. We'll keep it anonymous. We don't know, uh, but I will say this: tiebreaker between you and I, if it comes down to it. We should predict the score, yeah. and whoever gets the oh, closest score, yeah. start yeah. racking your brain now. We're going to come together next week, and we'll we'll make a real official prediction. Bart and Jared, you guys can fight for last place. Yeah. Well, we're probably going to pick the same team, too. Loser so. takes a kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> Loser takes the other's kneecap, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Is that a basketball here in the background? We're going to move on to the NBA. <laughs> Insert sound effect, Jared. <laughs> yeah, editor. The earth is flat, and so is the Nets defense. I like that title. I think, Lucas, you wrote that one? I did write that one, yeah. <laughs> so Harden and Durant won their first two games together, and then the introduction of Kyrie Irving has brought back-to-back losses for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, with the Nets giving up tons of points to the Cavs offense, is there cause for concern for the defensive end on the Nets? Jared, do you believe that the Nets have everything they need now to win a championship, or do they need to move on from Kyrie Irving? They need to move on from Kyrie Irving. They don't know. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. He, he might just sit out 10 games or whatever the heck he did with no nervous uh, – or wait, excuse me, with no notice. And he also gets injured a lot, Like, and he's just such a distraction – and I think Harden and Durant by themselves are enough to win the East. I mean, they beat the Bucks, 
and you don't need, but you need someone that can expend all their energy on the defensive end defending LeBron, which I'm not sure they have. And I think a lot of teams, excuse me, not a lot of teams, the Boston Celtics, I think, got better when Kyrie left. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals as opposed to the semis the year after he left. Higher winning percentage. It was a shortened season, obviously, in the bubble. But I just don't really think he add why I don't think you need that third option. I think Harden and Durant are such great scorers that you don't need to address that option anymore and you get rid of Kyrie. And the biggest thing is I just he's such a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. I think That's the team think. really lacks balance is the issue. And I feel like people always are like, if you can get three superstars, you win a title. But you really have to have thir- three superstars whose games complement each other. So, like, when it was the big the Heat's big three, LeBron was, like, the jack-of-all-trades, greatest player of all time. Bosch was, like, a great low-post offensive and defensive presence. Wade could just score. The big three Celtics had similar balance. The only exception you could make to, like, the maybe the, the perfect balance rule of, like, all three players' games would be the, the Warriors. But the Warriors just had so much talent, it might have been literally impossible to lose, like, regardless <laughs> of fit. And I don't know if they're necessarily in a similar situation here. And when you get down to it, there are more complexities to their games than I'll present than I'll than I'm gonna present. But at their core, Harden, Duran, and Kyrie are all offensively excellent and elite players who sometimes lack defensive skill. And I think that's eventually gonna catch up with them because while they're all great and have slightly different games, I don't think they balance each other out enough to be successful. So if I were the Nets I'd also ship Kyrie for maybe some 3 and D guys, a better center to help, I don't know, spread the floor, be a good low post defensive presence. And I think the personalities will also just get in the way eventually. So I would also move on from Kyrie. Hmm. Yeah, I... Oh, Aiden, the floor is yours. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I agree that the, the team lacks balance and they don't really need three ball heavy you know scorers um but I, I do think like i don't know if there's a rush if there needs to be a rush on the part of the nets and like moving Kyrie right now like obviously like the past like two weeks for Kyrie have not been not made him look good um but they still have only had this like these three core superstars for a couple games the trade deadlines in late march i mean you might as well give them a month and see mm-hmm. if something happens because I guess I am still intrigued by like how like those are three dominant scorers. Even if I'm I'm not, I agree that Kyrie it doesn't necessarily always make his team better. Um, but I feel like if I'm the Nets, I'd give it a month and then start heavily entertaining trade offers for if it doesn't work out for as Lucas said a, a three and D guy and possibly a a big man or so. Well, I gotta be honest. I don't think Kyrie Irving's trade value could be any lower than it is right now. Like I don't yeah. think you're gonna get yeah. like a huge yeah. haul for Kyrie Irving, yeah. and. Uh, Kyrie, I guarded Colin Sexton for most of the game when you made him look like mm-hmm. he was a second coming of Michael Jordan. So I think the answer is kind of right out there on the floor after two back-to-back losses to one of the worst teams in the NBA. The Cavs, like, the fact of the matter is, is that Kyrie Irving and James Harden can both just dribble the air out of the basketball before it ever gets into mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's hands. And to Lucas's point that you need three superstars to complement each other, it's three rare superstars to complement each other. It's not like mm-hmm. you can just pick anybody off the street and put them together and be like, okay, now you guys go play basketball. Like it's it's hard for Steve Nash, who I know is an NBA legend, but he's not exactly a proven NBA tactician kind of guy where he could just put these guys together and make it work. Like Steph Clay and Draymond 
are were different. Tim Duncan, Monty Ginobili, and Tony Parker are different, and Kawhi, you know, and uh, all the other stuff. Like, it just doesn't exactly work. And I think that my biggest problem with Kyrie Irving is, although I know he's very mysterious, and I don't think he's as dumb as people give him credit or people try to make him out to be. Um, I do feel like his he's very aloof and it comes off as very arrogant. And, you know, when you kind of have that attitude on the team, it could be really draining overall. I don't know what happens in the locker room. I don't know if, Kyrie, if everybody knew where Kyrie Irving was. Um, he said it was a personal matter at the end of the day. Fine, whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it just feels like it just feels like they are very ignorant to the idea that they can just all of a sudden start winning basketball games and like they're come playoff time. Kyrie Irving's locked in. James Harden's locked in. Kevin Durant is locked in and they're ready to go and they're going to sweep the East and they're going to make it to the finals. and They're going to beat LeBron. No, I just don't think it's, it's in the cards for them with, with the way this team is assembled. I, it's good in theory. It's very cute. Makes a good poster. But I mean, at the end of the day, I just I'm not I'm not gonna bet on them to be honest to win. Yeah. One heard I one trade I heard being floated. Um, I don't know if this had any traction. Was apparently they were in talks with the Cavs to get Javale McGee um, <laughs> and trade Kyrie back to the Cavs the the thing that worries me though the thing that worries me with trading Kyrie is he might just be like I'm not playing for that team like he's like I'm just gonna retire I I would not like put that past him right yeah that's only I feel like that's probably a hurdle that they have well trade him for a bag of chips have him buy you lunch and that way you can get him (laughs) off and then he can retire and he's off the books I mean it might be better off (laughs) you can you can probably send him off to the heat and get like Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala and still be a better team that way. But they traded Jared Allen, who to the Cavs, um, yeah. who was like he was a great rim protector, and now DeAndre Jordan, who is a shell <laughs> of himself, is supposed to be the guy who covers down yeah. low, or Kevin Durant, who's like the next tallest guy on that team. But mm. I mean, <sighs> you know, if 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 you can trade Kyrie for a pizza party for the team, it might just kind of build the morale <laughs> that way. Shh. I mean, well, yeah, the teammates way, might like him. Though, yeah, we don't know. I really I, feel like we might be overreacting to two yeah. games. <laughs> I think that's the no. It's not the two games here. for me. It's not the two games thing. It's all the crap that Kyrie's done before for me. But what if he, what if like for the rest of the season he was like normal? What? <laughs> I mean, it's totally normal. plausible, right? Because he's been normal before. It's not like but but when he's even when he's normal, he's hurt though. Is another problem. So you don't you just don't know if you're gonna get him on the court. How about this? Name the last time Kyrie Irving has been normal, as far as the way it goes. To, <laughs> quote, to put it in quotes, I mean, it I mean, like, Cavs seasons, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. LeBron—he played with LeBron James. Like, it's not like but it's maybe, different. But when, the last time but, he was the alpha, the leader of the team in Boston, it still didn't end well. Like, there were points where, like, the only guy he was talking to was Jason Tatum. He ended his his Cleveland career by not talking to anybody. Like, they're just. <laughs> there's a very large possibility based off of two teams he's been to that he's going to go off on some sort of mood swing, like that he'll just be upset about something or that he won't be able to, to manage his attitude or what, you know, whatever it might be, however you might want to put it. Like the it's hard. It'd be hard for me to bet that like, this is just going to be like a, Oh, you know, it was a, a, a one time thing for him, for this team that they're going to have this narrative around them the entire season. I mean, 
Yeah. And who knows? I mean, James Harden might go to one strip club and it blows this whole up, whole thing up. <laughs> we don't know. I do Kevin Durant, if you're listening Ash. with your burner yeah. account, go ahead and tweet at us at Youth Ops yeah, exactly. uh, We're going to move on. <clears throat> uh, the Tampa Bay, or excuse me, the Toronto Raptors, have gotten off to a very lackluster start this season, sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, certainly a fall from grace from winning the championship just a couple years ago. Lucas, has their championship momentum finally run out? I think the answer is sadly yes. And it really sucks because... I think the Raptors teams back then, despite what they did to the Sixers, were really fun to watch. An awesome <laughs> basketball team. Uh, that sort of proves you didn't need to assemble a total super team in order to win a title. Like They had one true superstar on that team, and it was Kawhi. Um, and every, they had nice supporting role players and other guys, but like they weren't you know, signing free agents out of nowhere to just win titles. Um, I also want to note, too, that I don't think they're going to finish the season as bad as they are now. Yeah. But I also don't think they have a realistic shot of winning a championship anytime soon. Like, I think they'll sneak into the playoffs like a 6-7 seed at worst. But, I yeah, there's a few reasons why I think they won't be winning a championship. First, Kyle Lowry, like, the heart and soul of the team is sort of in the twilight of his career. While he can still score, there's no way he could ever be a championship player, the best player on a championship team, which at this point he would kind of have to be because... Pascal Siakam really hasn't turned out to be the superstar that many people thought he was going to be. Like, he's been good. He's been solid. But he's not, I don't think, the type of guy that's ever going to lead a team to a title. And they kind of would need him to be because at this point it's hard to recruit elite talent to come to Toronto. If I were a player, Toronto in like in a vacuum seems like an ideal fit. Um, it's a great organization, great fans, championship-winning coach. But at the end of the day, I think it being really cold and being in Canada, like having to move to a different country, really hurts their recruiting. And I don't think all this necessarily is on Nick Nurse. Um, he did sort of flip the script and prove, like I said, you could win without multiple superstars. I still think they would have won even against a full-strength Warriors team. I don't. I know people on here don't agree with that necessarily, but they would have. Um, wait, they would have won the series. Yeah, I think they would have had a very legitimate shot at winning that series. No, they would have been swept. No, I agree with Lucas. Swept? Yes. They they needed seven games to beat the Sixers. The Sixers were really good that year. Well, the Warriors were were twice as twice as good. You don't know that. (laughs) You do know that. They were they were terrific. I don't know. They're they're all getting older. The cracks starting to show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. He just doesn't have the talent without Kawhi to make his system work as much as he tries to do it. So I, I think their championship window is kind of closed. It would take them somehow drafting another or trading for another generational talent in order for them to really jump back into contention. I agree. As sad as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to push, I'm going to push, sorry, Bart, don't want to cut you off right away. I'm going to push back. I think Masai Ujiri and Nick Nurse are both very smart basketball minds. Uh, and I think that they could just bet on trading people away and getting another superstar. I think that they should have probably traded for James Harden. Um, I think that there are a lot of other teams outside of the Brooklyn Nets that should have traded for James Harden. And the Raptors are smart enough to recognize that they suck and smart enough to recognize where to go from there. 
Uh, they were definitely betting on Pascal Siakam to kind of develop and blossom into this better player. And I think he's still a really good young player. He's probably a good number two or number three. And you could trade a piece and some pieces around to kind of move on and, and grab somebody. And I don't exactly have a trade on the top of my mind right now. I can think about it as this segment goes on. But um, I just – I don't think that – I think championships are hard. And everyone's window is very short. So I think maybe as their window run run completely dry or if they com- completely lost their chance to win a championship, I think it's fair to maybe say yes. But to say that like maybe they have no shot at – I mean, if you look at like what the Heat are doing right now, they could still put together a great culture and a great team that they might be able to get their way in, you know? Yeah. But the Heat don't, yeah. or not, sorry, the, the Raptors don't have like a, a Jimmy Butler type guy or even like a Bam on a bio. Yeah, but yeah. the question is for me, like, is are they one superstar away? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't oh, say yeah. so. Like, I think if they had traded for James Harden, obviously they would have gotten a lot better. They'd be like, you know, firmly in the, t- in the top half of the playoff race. But I don't think that would have taken them over the bump. And so then the question is, how easily could they get a second superstar without like sacrificing a bunch of their like you know sort of middle amount of talent that they already have? I think yeah. I don't know if it's as easy as just trading for one guy. Trade for Kawhi again. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of crazy how much he elevated them as one person. But that's yeah. um, He fit the system perfectly as well. Like just he was the perfect superstar for that team. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a more interesting discussion, perhaps, is what happened to the Heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was like, was the bubble that like <laughs> much of an anomaly? <laughs> Home field advantage. Yeah. In Florida. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the opposite for Toronto is hurting them. In fact, they have no, no home field, no home. You know, exactly. once they get back to Toronto, they'll be yeah. Next year, exactly. they'll be great. Yeah. Should they trade for Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> trade for Always Andrew an Wiggins. Option. Get him. Oh. Take Giannis later. You know what it is. When in doubt, trade for Andrew Wiggins. Willingly trade for Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up today. You know the drill. And if you don't know the drill, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud. Become a regular fan and learn the drill. Um, talk to us on Twitter. Let us know what you like and don't like. Uh, you know, as always, let us know how stupid we are. Share with your with your pals. Or and, smart, uh, if you think we're smart. Or yeah, they for don't the, for the eleven and for the eleven and twoers, <laughs> and not the seven and five in the world. Um, yeah talk talk about us with your pals help us grow our following thank you for listening as always and we will see you back here next week tweet at us on who you think the three greatest sports minds are in this in, uh, in this roster who was wide referring <laughs> to earlier yeah true true <laughs>